So, who are we gonna cancel today? How about the Pope? Taking a big swing, Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You gotta start the new year off with a bang. Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin Burns. And I'm Oliver Ash Clyde. And you're listening to Cancel Me Daddy. The show where we take a closer look at all the panic around cancel culture. With thoughtful analysis. And verbal shitposting. Um, so Caitlin, as you know, I am on um tea and I have started to grow a little bit of facial hair. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, wouldn't it be so great if I got a good neck beard? <laughs> Wait, okay. So before I laugh anymore, is this something that you genuinely want? No. (laughs) Okay, then I can laugh. No, did you not see the neckbeard discourse? (laughs) No, I did. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure I was affirming. (laughs) I mean, I think... I think that if I thought that a neckbeard was something, um, if it was something that I wanted, I would I would hope that my friends would bully me into not <laughs> wanting it. You know, I don't know. There's not quite a neckbeard like a canceled daddy neckbeard, though. <laughs> um, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, there was some trans neckbeard discourse about how trans guys shouldn't have neckbeards, basically. Um, and so I am just um, being a troll. That's what's happening right now. Okay, so in fairness, nobody should have a neck beard. I'm just like laying that out there. It's not anti-trans guy. It's anti-neck beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, to be clear, it's very anti-neck beard. Especially when it comes from me. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I appreciate all all the trans women on the internet and in my real life who are bullying me into not having a neck beard. It yes. wasn't really, it wasn't really concerning, but I have been trolling everybody <laughs> about it. I have been threatening to grow a neck beard. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. Um. Anyway, getting away from from me being a nightmare, <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a lot of plans that we are cooking up for y'all this year. Um, and one of the big things that's coming up is Caitlin and I are going to do our first live show. Yes. Live stream, I should say, so that we can keep everybody safe from COVID. Although then everyone can come. It'll be on the internet. It would be amazing someday to have an actual like live show in a venue, but I don't think we're quite there yet. The times, <laughs> the times do not do not support that right yes. now. But one day, one one day when it is safer. Yes, uh, we are still working out a lot of the details, but the plan right now is we are going to do a live videotaped stream. Um, and we're going to have basically as many guests from last year as possible. Um, and the reason why we wanted to do a live stream show is because our one year anniversary is actually coming up at the beginning of February. We have penciled in February 3rd for the show right now. So just mark your calendars. Um, you'll see more about it on Twitter as time goes on. But uh, just wanted to get that out there. I really can't. I really can't. This this year's gone by so fast. I mean, it's like two weeks in COVID time, so... Oh, my God. 
No, but I am really, I am really proud of us for for making a show, and I feel mm-hmm. really good about it and about what we've got planned. So I am feeling really, really good about this next year. Um, despite all of the the doom and gloom in the world, I am feeling good. Um, and if you have been appreciating what we've been doing for the last year, we would so appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcast or tweeted at us. Uh, we will share some of those on the show. We got one from uh, Justin VK on Apple Podcasts. And Caitlin, do you want to read it? Yeah. So they write, I love this podcast. The hosts offer important insights into the many ways that right wing slash conservative forces are playing the victim while causing actual harm to the left, especially marginalized individuals as a way to maintain power and make money. I appreciate the LGBTQ focus and the way that the host's personal experience and expertise cut through the typical media nonsense. What a great review. Always love reading the reviews. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, and they really do help quite a bit. And we've been hearing from quite a few people who only recently started listening and are kind of catching up on our uh is anthology the right word (laughs) i I don't think we've been around long enough to to, to pull one of those our back catalog (laughs) back catalog that's better (laughs) you know cancel culture discourse it kind of took off over the last couple of years would you say that's accurate yeah, and it's it's specifically taken off between when we decided that we were going to make the show <laughs> and when we launched, which was a period of like three months in between those. And it just yeah. like it just like really just like all the Republicans started using it. Mm-hmm. It just started being everywhere. And I'm like I I guess we picked the the, the right topic to do this show. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it spread so far, it has now hit the Vatican. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Pope is now throwing around his opinion about cancel culture uh, as if this madness couldn't get any more absurd. Okay, I just want to say, like, what expertise does the Pope have about cancel culture? Like, I just, he's not an authority. Well, you know, I would argue that historically the position of Pope has always been the cancel daddy. No, I'm the cancel daddy. (laughs) (laughs) You're so mad. I'm so mad. That's my job. Um, I uh, am a little excited as <laughs> a, a proud transgender laughs Catholic to be having this discussion today. So let's get into it. Ooh. <laughs> I am excited to hear your your spicy opinion. <laughs> Um, So the Pope said that cancel culture is invading many circles in public institutions. As a result, agendas are increasingly dictated by a mindset that rejects the natural foundations of humanity and the cultural roots that constitute the identity of many people. Okay. Um, Lots of mumbo jumbo. So I would argue that this is what the Catholic Church has been doing for thousands of years. It's exactly what the Catholic Church has been doing for thousands of years. You are you hit the nail on the head, Caitlin. Yeah, it's really funny to me, like, the way that this conversation in general gets talked about as if the woke left is this religion. And I think it's because so many people on the conservative side see, like, wokeness as a threat 
to their own sort of religious foundations. And I think that's backed up by the fact that the Pope is now, you know, getting in on this as well. Um, Mm. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. Like they see that the world is changing. Like anybody who is at all familiar with religion, especially in America. Mm -hmm. um, And I think it's as true in Western Europe as well. Sees that, like the pews are emptying. Like there's fewer and fewer young people who are just going to church every day. Um, and I think that church authorities, especially, but conservatives in general, are worried about their their own power going forward because if they don't have those people in the pews, they can't really spread their own like propaganda. Mm-mm. And then they look around and they see a culture that they're not familiar with that's sort of taking over. What's really happening is the culture has sort of moved past them, right? Like, Mm -hmm. do we really need a pope? Like, we don't really need a pope these days. Like, I mean, I dig the fancy hat, right? But, like, functionally, the world would be fine if the pope just stopped existing tomorrow, (laughs) just realistically. Um, But I think it's really funny that, like, they're trying to appeal to people through this, like, cancel culture conversation, which I don't think is really... To me, it comes across as more absurd than, like, insightful or uh, uh, any kind of, like, I don't have any, like, holy feelings about the fucking Pope talking about, you know, goddamn cancel culture here. (laughs) To me, reading this, it seemed like this kind of mention of cancel culture was more about like making headlines and getting like news coverage or attention Mm -hmm. than it was about actually saying anything. Like if you go into his comments, a lot of it seems more about diplomacy Mm -hmm. than actual cancel culture. Like he says, uh, diplomacy is called to be truly inclusive, not canceling, but cherishing the differences and sensibilities that have historically marked various peoples. Uh, And part of it was one of his larger messages in this speech was about various um, governments all over the world Mm -hmm. working together to deal with different crises, which isn't super relevant to this idea of cancel culture, at least the way that we understand it and it's typically used. And so like he obviously talked about other aspects of cancel culture, too, but that was kind of like what tied Mm -hmm. cancel culture to some of the larger points. And so it just seems like to me, it just kind of seemed like (laughs) I'm going to make headlines um, and like be part of the conversation. Yeah. I mean, he said like uh, under the guise of defending diversity, it ends up canceling all sense of identity. I don't think that's true. Like, I think that recognizing, you know, key and, and core portions of people's identities is on the opposite side of this from where he's looking at it. I think that it ends up canceling all sense of identity as a, uh, according to the Catholic church, like, <laughs> um, you know, it's no secret that, that the Catholic church has been the biggest driver in anti LGBTQ activism since the dawn of time, well, not the dawn of time, but since the beginning of the church, like, and obviously they have allies and other, um, religious you know sects that that they all work together on this but especially in modern times like the catholic church is still behind a lot of this stuff like when you when you hear the term gender ideology which is a buzzword used by anti-trans activists especially now that term was actually created 
inside the Vatican and like their people thought of this and it wasn't just about trans Mm. people. It was about gay people and bi people. And it was about, you know, feminists and people who wanted abortions, like, uh, you know, the sort of British conceptualization of this is that it's only about trans people and that's never really been true. And the foundation of it lies with the church. In fact, there's a really interesting book about that uh, called um, Anti-Gender Movements in Europe that talks about it. I actually have it on my shelf behind Mm. me. Excuse me. It's called Anti-Gender Campaigns in Europe, Mobilizing Against Equality. And it's edited by Roman Kuhar and David Paternalt. And it's one of the more interesting books that I've read about the sort of foundations of the anti-LGBTQ movement, but it very much, like, when you're reading it, you're like, okay, well, this is like, they're literally trying to cancel LGBT people. So if you if you apply a cancel culture frame to it, it's not the woke side that's doing the canceling here. Sorry, I threw a lot out there. <laughs> no, you're fine. The hypocrisy is just so, like, yeah. it makes me want to scream sometimes. So... There was something that um, the Pope said that I think speaks to the the just the deep hypocrisy of all of this. Um, he criticized more wealthy nations that practice what he called ideological colonization through advocacy for contraception, same-sex marriage, and progressive ideas about gender in other mm-hmm. nations. The reason some other nations are hostile to trans and queer people is because the influence of Catholicism mm-hmm. and Christianity and colonization. And so actually, yeah. uh, I did a big um, project for Vox, uh, gosh, a couple of years ago now. Um, and I talked to uh, this person from Canada who is Two-Spirit. And they were telling me how the religious school system in Canada basically stamped out Native American culture, like to the point where they stamped out whole mm-hmm. languages. And and one mm-hmm. of the things that they told me that absolutely blew my mind is there were words for what we would now call trans women or trans men or non-binary people in many different native languages and this person was able to like recite some of them but there's very few actual like written records of them because the church came in and basically destroyed it all and so they what they would do is they would like basically kidnap all these native children send them to this boarding school force them to speak english like their native language is not allowed to be spoken like they had to dress in gender conforming ways and perform what the Catholic church considered to be, um, you know, traditional masculine and feminine roles while they were there. Like the church is what created all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, So like if there is any hypocrite on ideological colonization throughout the world, it's the fucking Pope. And I don't care if he's cool Pope now, like Pope Francis is supposed to be like this guy who sticks up for the poor people. I don't give a shit. Like your institution was behind this. Okay. So until you accept responsibility for it, I don't want to hear shit from you. And this is part of the reason why, like I'm literally not a practicing Catholic anymore. Um, I mean, 
my own personal story is much more complicated than that. And it really, the the biggest thing was the pedophilia scandal in the early 2000s, Mm. uh, being Mm. that I, you know, lived in new england when that story broke it was Mm. uh, it was pretty massive and i haven't been to church since except i think like one friend's wedding that was in a catholic church also he shamed people for having pets instead of kids and like fuck you guy like i am a proud pet parent and and don't plan to have any human babies but honestly i feel like the pope would frown on me having a human baby I mean, I have human babies, and I think he would frown on that. Like, <laughs> But, like, dude, you're a celibate man who lives in, like, a literal cathedral in, like, Rome. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so should, should we cancel the Pope? We're canceling the Pope. Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> okay. I had, I had one question mm-hmm. about that, because I, I am on team cancel Pope. Okay. But... If if the Pope gets canceled, mm-hmm. which obviously as a cancel daddy, I, I definitely have the power to make happen. You have the power to do this. Yes. Um, but then wouldn't the Cardinals just pick a different Pope who's probably worse? What if we just canceled the whole church? That yeah okay. <laughs> yeah that sounds like a real solution that that'll actually work. I mean I think it's fine. I just think that people have a right to understand you know, the historical foundations of the church and, and all of the atrocities that were performed in the name of the church. Um, and I think more and more people are sort of opening up to that. In fact, the Pope commented on that this week where he said any historical situation must be interpreted in accordance with that particular time. But like, that's an excuse. Like people at the time objected to some of the horrible things that the church did oh i so i read that and i didn't make the connection of like he was talking about the church yeah like the spanish inquisition or like the reconquista of of iberia or like the religious wars of the 1500s like the 1600s even like there's a lot there I don't know. I think we were allowed to judge it however we want to judge it. So for our uh, second segment today, we are going to uh, look at a case study of the cancel culture grift economy at work. So the quick and dirty of this is we know that the cancel culture grift economy works for like big name people with big followings, right? We know we know the people with their fancy little sub stacks who who have built a, a large following are kind of able to sometimes like jump from a more traditional publication to Substack and then just, you know, make a living off being just giant transphobes on the internet, <laughs> basically. That's yeah. that's like their whole job. Um and so, you know, I think that what's interesting about this recent case around Tara Henley, who left this Canadian broadcasting company uh, because of concerns around cancel culture and not being able... Did she actually say cancel culture? She said the CBC was too woke. So basically, yeah. in different words. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think what's interesting about this is she's being pretty successful and building a following even though she around this, even though she's not someone who previously really had much of a following. Yeah, I hadn't heard of her before this blew up, but apparently she was a lifestyle journalist for the CBC. She wrote this piece 
on her new Substack, which is titled Lean Out. I hate it. The post is called Why I Resigned from the Canadian Broadcasting Company. And basically, she complained that it was like too woke. She complained about an article about non-binary Filipinos reconciling their identities with their languages, lack of LGBT terms. Um, and like she she I don't know how much money she's making on Substack now, but she's built a significant following basically overnight. Um, but there was an excellent uh, article in Gawker actually about this whole situation. Um, but you know, when she sort of flounced from the CBC, she's like, I left because, you know, the place was too oppressive and that they were forcing me to write about things that I didn't agree with or whatever. And she got retweeted by like Glenn Greenwald and Barry Weiss, who we all know run the same exact play <laughs> um, over and over and over again. But this Gawker article actually did some real reporting on it. They reached out to the CBC. They found out that she wasn't actually a full-time employee for them. She was just a temporary contractor and her contract ran out. So really, she didn't like quit her job to go do this. It was just her circumstances demanded another income and this is what she thought of. And also Gawker like dug up a bunch of things that, that Henley had written for the CBC. Like, um, I'm not just going to read some of the headlines. Oh my God, it was just fluff. It, it was, was the biggest fluff. fluff. It was like five Zen things to do in Vancouver, Canada's epicenter of chill. And the most breathtaking bike routes Vancouver has to offer. And six surprising lessons we can all learn from the early retirement gurus. Like, the, the, connect the dots here for me. <laughs> like, what are these grand ideas that she had that she felt were being suppressed? Like, I, it sounds like she just had a problem with non-binary Filipino people, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, she's clearly, like, not a serious journalist, right? Part of the reason that she's been able to build a following is that she got love from uh, Glenn Greenwald and and Barry Weiss. And she actually did a piece on how Substack is changing the writing game and interviewed Barry for mm -hmm. it. And so, like, definitely leveraged that. Yeah. Like, Gawker says she interviewed Barry Weiss about how lucrative the newsletter platform has been for her. And clearly she was inspired by that. And it that's a banger of a last yeah. line. That's like that's like such a good way to end that piece. <laughs> but like it, it opens up questions to me. Like, does Henley even believe the things that she's going to be writing on her Substack? Like, I'm I'm not sure. Like, do any of these people believe these things, or are they just saying oh it so that they can get paid? Like, this is the thing that I've always wondered. Oh my God, Caitlin, I am like such an earnest person that I can't even like wrap my head around like doing that. Like I just, I can't understand. And so like that just like doesn't really occur to me. Like, no, they're like definitely like fucking and they are fucking assholes. Like if they're willing to like write all of that stuff, but like the idea that they might not believe it just like fills me with such like dread <laughs> and like like stress because yeah. that's just like a whole nother level of like depraved and like fucked up is if you like don't believe this shit and you're just like doing it for money and like ruining people's lives and affecting the culture in such a like negative way i would bet my life savings which 
is not a lot, to be honest with you, that at least one of them just straight up doesn't believe the shit that they write. Oh, no. I mean, I, 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 I bought, yeah, maybe. But how, why would you build your whole brand around something that you don't believe? Why would you not if it's going to make you? I mean, how much does Barry Weiss's newsletter make? I guess if I sold out, I'd make a lot more money, wouldn't I? Well, I, you know, I joke actually <laughs> with my friends that I can make a shit ton of money if I just detransitioned today and wrote about it. <laughs> like, I mean, I could probably make a million dollars this year if I just became a detransition truther or whatever. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Capitalism is so like, bad. Like, I would be on Fox News every night. Let's be real. <laughs> Oh my god, I hate everything that's happening. I could get on Tucker Carlson tomorrow. This is the worst timeline. We can't even joke about this timeline, Caitlin. It's too bad. It's true, isn't it, though? Am I wrong, though? No. But seriously, like. That's what this that's what this whole show is about. Is there's a whole economy oh there to it? Oh my god! Have you? I'm sorry. I, this is going to take a weird turn. <laughs> okay. Have you watched the show Search Party? I have not. Okay. So it is. What, what is it on? Okay. It. Uh, I believe it's on HBO. Okay. It's it's, it's about a group of mm-hmm. millennials who accidentally kill someone oh, and then Jesus. cover it up in the shenanigans uh, that follow. Okay. Okay. Um, but there's one character who's a gay man, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes on the show's like equivalent of Fox News to be a pundit and like totally sells out and is like oh, saying Jesus. all of these things that he doesn't believe for the money. Um, and like that's what it is. Like that's what's happening yeah. for like for for some people. I I guarantee you it is. Oh my god! I bet. I'm not going to speculate about individual people. No, we probably shouldn't. We <laughs> shouldn't do that. I really no, want to, but I'm not going to do that. I <laughs> don't think our Patreon is healthy enough to handle a lawsuit. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, I guarantee you that at least one of them was just like, got to go to work at the bullshit factory today. <laughs> Cash my $10,000, you know, Substack check. Oh my god. I'm like so queasy now, like for real. (laughs) I'm excited for the first out of context cancellations for this year. I'm looking at this list and it's like the first one is gonna make me lose it. (laughs) Great. Um, So Caitlin. No. How do you feel about barefoot Oreo wine? I'm just going to vomit. Who the hell thought of this and how can we find them for punishment reasons? Um, look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest the, um, the transformative justice route. think we can have a conversation um also maybe maybe i should send you some oreo wine and you should make sure you don't like it before we take such extreme no <laughs> no yeah no it sounds it sounds bad it sounds it bad. sounds absolutely disgusting i know barefoot is like the brand name but like i'm imagining you know how there there are like some 
wineries where you go and you like crush the grapes for them. I'm just picturing like barrels full of Oreos and people with their nasty bare feet just like stomping around in a barrel full of Oreos. Oh no, no, better, better. So Oreos, but like soggy Oreos that what? are that, that, <laughs> oh, God. That, that are that are submerged in the wine. It's disgusting. I'm Stop so it. sorry. I'm so sorry. Please, I'm a nightmare. Please move on. I'm truly a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, I should be canceled. <laughs> like, like I really that that's probably what should happen. Um, <laughs> um, I think that you are gonna have to say the next one because I'm pretty sure it's talking about an old employer of mine, and this is oh, okay. this is from a listener. This is a cancel <laughs> request from a listener, and okay. I support our listeners canceling whatever they want. But I probably should not be the one to read this one. <laughs> Um, are you saying that to me or to the audience? Oh, to the audience. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's tech-related charities getting involved in crypto. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all Oliver has to say. <laughs> I, I feel like I can say crypto is bad and terrible for the environment and we shouldn't use it. And I also recently found out that a relative of mine that mm-hmm. I recently found out about is a crypto influencer and has Influencer. a crypto podcast. Um, I never. It's it's a podcast like promoting like crypto and talking about cryptocurrency. Jesus Christ! Um, never want to meet that relative. Yeah. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Sounds sounds like an intolerable human. I mean, I have a financial background, and it's too sketchy for me. Like, it's just fake money destroying the environment. Like, what? What? Why? It seems like a period of scheme to me. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. No, I'm talking honestly. It's not a joke. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm laughing because I'm like, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm laughing in affirmation. Oh, God. Uh, also going to cancel an equitable vaccine distribution and people in wealthy countries refusing to get vaccines. Because uh, both those things together just just causing lots of problems. Uh, I read the other day that uh, it looks like the U.S. Army might have, like, a universal vaccine that protects against all kinds of variants. And I was very excited to see that. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, they are much late, like, they are much further back in development than the pharma companies were. Interesting. They took so, like, uh, I was reading about it. It was like they were taking um they took a, an intentionally slower approach to developing a vaccine in a different way, and they might might have it. So I'm keeping my eye on that. I'm loath to say anything positive about anything military industrial complex. Oh no, but totally. Also, <laughs> but, like, but also, if we are going to be, if they are going to have a lot of money and be doing things, uh, yeah. I, I rather them be doing public health things than anything else. So. Uh, the next one is people trying to shut down free food programs. Why would anybody want to shut down a free food program? Because they're they're monsters. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't. I don't have enough context. It's out of context. But yeah, you cut, yeah, shutting right. down a free food program. Not here for it. Um, and then oh, here's one. Um, cancel return to office plans. Yes, please. Like yes. I get that some places were like 
talking about coming back in 2022 because things felt a little bit safer. Um, Things are not safer right now. We shouldn't Mm -hmm. have return to office plans. Like if you don't need to work in an office, don't work in an office. If you don't need to work on site, don't work on site. Like some people have to, and that's like life and the reality. But if you don't have to, and if your employees don't have to come in, don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I have have some feelings. Uh, And the last one here... CEO is making bad decisions for the rest of the country. This is a massive subtweet of Delta. Yeah, is this about the CDC guidance? Yeah. Oh. The memes that were born out of this were pretty hilarious, though. Do you have a favorite one? Yeah, mine was my favorite, of course. What was your yours? I said the CDC recommends that Baromir should be the ring bearer. Who should be the ring bearer? Baromir. I don't get it. I'm a dumb himbo. You have to explain the joke to me. I'm so sorry. In the Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. 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 Have you seen the movie? Not for a long time, but I'm with you. I know what Lord of the Rings is. It's Sean Bean's character that loses his mind and tries to steal the ring. I'm I'm Googling. Oh my God. I I haven't seen it in forever. Okay. Uh, It's probably my favorite movie series. (laughs) Okay, so Baromir loses his mind and tries to steal the ring from Frodo. Yeah, and the CDC recommends that he should be the one to bring the ring to Mordor to destroy it. Love ending the show on a bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your best, Caitlin. It's not your best. (laughs) Listen, we don't have to be bringing our best into 2022. We just have to survive it again. I mean, fair, fair. It's 2022. That was better, but it hurt so much. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a better joke. Get me off the air now. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want us to cancel something on Out of Context Cancellations, you can support our show on Patreon and get access to our Discord server. Um, Also, we mentioned earlier we're doing a live show. Uh, but I think that we are going to be taking questions from people on our Discord server. So um, if you want to be a part of that, you have to be a member of the Discord through our Patreon. And your support helps us become a weekly show, and we have other rewards as well, like getting episodes early. And we are going to be picking back up our monthly video chat. You can check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash cancelmedaddy. Today's show was made by me, Oliver Ashclyde, and my fabulous co-host, Caitlin Burns. Daniel Peterschmidt made our theme song and Ethan MW designed our graphics. Our show is made possible by the incredible cancelers supporting our work, especially the members of our Canceler Hall of Fame, with the great power to cancel all of their enemies. Meg and Alice. We appreciate your support. Happy canceling. <laughs>